What's up, everyone? I'm Doug Kide. Welcome to... It's not a Pat's Chat podcast. It's not just some Pat's Chat podcast. It, I don't know if it's even the Pat's Chat podcast. It's just Pat's Chat podcast. I'm here with Michael F. Early. I think it is the Pat's Chat podcast, because you can't get the Pat's Chat podcast. I'd like to be the Pat's Chat podcast. All right. It's the Pat's Chat podcast. Biggest news of the week. We didn't address this. In last week's episode, Dunkin' Donuts, iced coffee now $2, not cold brew. So we are good. going to be feeling good this month. They cannot mistakenly give me nitro on an iced coffee. So nope. I will not be zonked like the Houston Texans in Foxborough, Massachusetts in 2016. I hope that Bill O'Brien, by the way, back with the Patriots, hope he's not going to make the team like stay in Weymouth or whatever that was. Waltham. 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 All those, close. Uh, a lot of those like... W towns blend together for me, but hopefully he knows his New England geography better this time around. Waltham is just not anywhere near Foxborough, and it's like he's from here. Yeah. I'll never understand that one, but you know what? They ran into the Jacoby Brissett buzzsaw that night anyway, so it didn't matter where they stayed or how zonked they were. That is... A fact, Jack. The NFL scouting combine has come and gone. Um, and I'd say that, I don't know, there was some more newsy stuff out of there. Some some juicy deets that we can get into on this podcast. And I think the first one I wanted to talk about was, I guess we'll, we'll hit with like the two news items, even though neither one of them was really news. And the first one was that Jordan Schultz, famously the son of Howard Schultz, uh, put out there that the Patriots are not going to release Hunter Henry. And a lot of people were like, when were the Patriots going to release Hunter Henry? And like, I think we actually might have like talked about it very briefly. You threw, on this it, you threw it out there. You threw it out but, saying it was like the only way to save money on the cap this year. Right. But more so than Johnny Smith. Perhaps Jordan Schultz was listening to the Patch Chat podcast as <laughs> right. it is the Patch Chat podcast. Yeah. So it's about making news again. Um, but no, that is sort of the only path to cap saving. So it made sense from that standpoint, but right. no other standpoints. No, because he's been better than Johnny Smith. Um, I, I do have a question for you, though. I, I guess okay. that's really all that we need to say on, on Hunter Henry. He's going to be on the team. And I think oh. that if anything, it might make sense to actually extend him. If they if they like him as much as Jordan Schultz was saying in that tweet, yeah, which I don't think they might because they were taking him off the field for a wide receiver in blocking situations last year early in the season. Little Jordan Humphrey playing over Hunter Henry and running in the running game. Um, but it would be a way to save some cap and it would ensure that they have a tight end on their roster next season. Which at this point, there's not a guarantee of that. Yeah, um, if I'm Henry, I wouldn't extend because I think. He's going to have a big year, and he's going to cash mm -hmm. in because Bill O'Brien was famously in charge of the offense when Rob Gronkowski, arguably the greatest tight end of all time, had his greatest season of all time. So, uh, Wasn't there another so, tight end on that roster too? No, that was oh, it. Okay. Um, no, it was just a one tight end system famously. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you could be talking about at all. No idea. Algie Kermpler. Uh, Algie Kermpler. Yeah, Bill O'Brien, pretty good with the tight end. So I, yeah. I, if I'm Hunter Henry, I'm going to bet on myself to have another 7, 8, 9, 10 touchdown season and uh, make a lot of money somewhere else next year. I think Bill O'Brien even got some production out of C.J. Fedorowicz. 
Mm, so. Doesn't sound like someone you made up. So. <laughs> I think another one was he an Iowa guy? Iowa tight end? It's just a factory know. there. Remember factory Matthew Mulligan? Matthew Mulligan oh, yeah. got a touchdown in Buffalo, a former Maine Black Bear. So a lot of tight end, a lot of tight end. This is the Pat's podcast, tight end edition. Pat's Matt Langle, Matt Langle, Northeastern. Langle. He was huge. He was a he, tall man. He was just gangly. Yeah, as gangly as like a very muscular human being could be. Yeah, I mean, the fact that there, there's this, I'm getting off track a little. Um, why can't I think of the guy with the crazy name uh, that was very hard to spell? Vicente Shanko. No, um, this guy oh, was part uh, of... Michael Ho'omanawanui. Ho'omanawanui. Like, yeah. the things we learn as sports writers to just, after, like, 20 times, you're just like, oh, yeah, Ho'omanawanui. Yeah. Like, oh, I can type it, I can pronounce it. No big deal. There's, like, I want to I want to do an all-time list of wasted brain space mm-hmm. on players' spelling, names of players, spelling of players' names, and Ho'omanawanui might be number one. Oh, yeah. No, I could, I could spell that in my sleep. Garoppolo? For like, there's some people on Twitter who are like, "Oh, I still don't know how to spell Garoppolo." It's like, then you did not cover the Patriots from yep. 2014 to 2017, sir or ma'am. Yeah, because there's I certainly know. Yeah, there's a lot of names where you used to have to look it up every time, and there's still some Mike Shashevsky. I will never know how to spell Mike oh, Shashevsky. No. But it you doesn't don't make cover any Duke. Sense. I I've been thinking a lot about spelling and reading recently because I have, a, I have a child who's attempting to learn how to do those things. Tough. And like as someone who can do it like really well, I'm so good Brag. at Brag. reading and I'm so good at Wait, spelling compared read, to my five-year-old. Do you read when you're at the gym? Do I read when I'm at the gym? Um, Double brag. Yeah, I, I do. I read the internet when I'm at the gym. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes in between sets when I'm on the, when I'm on the treadmill, I'll read a little bit. Uh, but like as this is like the, the conversation that people have about like, Tom Brady, like being a quarterback's coach, like what could he possibly tell a quarterback? It's like, you just be me. And that's me with my daughter, Olivia. I'm like, like I'm so much better of a reader than you. I'm so much better of a speller than you. They're like, what, how could I possibly stoop down to your level to teach you how to do this? Yeah. I think this is a good time to give a shout out to educators uh, around the world for being able to do it better than you. No offense. 100%. I'm, pretty bad at it um but we'll see how this goes uh well so my other we'll we'll get into the other piece of non-news in a second but i've been thinking a lot about mr jacoby myers lately and Mm -hmm. i've been thinking a lot about the patriots drafting jackson smith and jigba at the number 14 overall pick recently and i think that like you would probably prefer to have jacoby myers and jackson smith and jigba in the offense uh, you know, one of those guys in the slot, one of those guys at the Z kind of split those roles. You've got Taquan Thornton in the offense, but Jacoby Myers is going to cost a lot of money. And it seems like it's going to be, I don't know, somewhere around like 12 to 16 million, something like that. But then I was thinking, like, would you, Michael Hurley, rather have next season for the New England Patriots? Would you rather have Jacoby Myers or would you rather have Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne? Um, I wasn't prepared for this, so pardon me while I take a moment to ponder. I, I will say, I will say while you're thinking, Jacoby no, Myers will be answer. more expensive than the other two guys combined. I would say Parker and Bourne. Um, neither are number ones, but neither is Jacoby Myers. So guys get banged up. 
I think you'll get more contributions in total from those two than just from Myers. I think it's close. I, I think yeah. last year was pretty close. Myers was around, what, 860 yards. And then Parker and Bourne probably combined for like 900 yards, something like that. Last you year was are, a real piece of crap. Yeah, it certainly was. And I, the, my problem with Myers, and we've talked about this before, I'm sure, is that I don't know how much more upside he has to his career. Like, the ceiling for Jacoby Myers after four seasons kind of seems to be what he did last season, which is pretty similar to what he did the season before. Like, I don't see Jacoby Myers being a 1,200-yard receiver all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that, like, I don't know. The other question, I guess, would be, and you've already answered this, but, like, would you rather have Jacoby Myers or Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, and the potential for, like, another veteran? Whether that's DeAndre Hopkins or Robert Woods or, you know. What about I think, Chosen Anderson? Can we throw him Right, in Chosen Anderson, one of these other guys. Because I think that that becomes a part of the conversation as well. But I don't know. It was just a – I might I might go Myers. Yeah. I don't I, – I like Kendrick Bourne, but last year was so weird. Devontae Parker, like – Devontae Parker stayed healthy last year, which means he's probably not going to next season. Come on, um, come on. Look at the, the sunny side averages. I mean, never hurt to be optimistic in March, did it? Never did hurt. It? Never hurt to be optimistic. That's a good point. Fair yep. enough. Um, no, I, and I've been made it clear on the Pat's Chat podcast. I understand the value of Jacoby Myers. I think it's underrated the ability to keep a drive going. I think sometimes when an offense just is never generating anything and they're going through and out you kind of just why isn't it working and then when it does work you don't really notice it as much when a guy right. catches an eight yard pass on second and seven and it's a new set of downs it's it's a huge value so i'm not discounting it i just i don't know this this wide receiver market is so messed up it's not great. that yeah it's hard like we're all over he's gonna get overpaid right and it's not a knock on him it's just a reality of the market so it's hard yeah. to be like it's hard to say he's better than two or three players. I, I can't do that. Right. With you there. Yeah. And I mean, that's my argument for drafting a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm sure that you weren't, you know, grinding the, the combine drills. I'm sure that you weren't digging into the agility measurables that he had. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, is a pretty special player. And as you mentioned, like the wide receiver market, like, would you rather pay? Jacoby Myers, $15 million a year, or use the 14th overall pick on Jackson Smith and Jigba, probably get a better player and get him on a much cheaper deal. I don't know. I just, I think that people, I don't know. That's for five years too, if you take right. the round. Like that's promising. That's a guy who led Ohio State in receiving two years ago when he had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on yeah. his team. Um, but my question for you would be this. Let's say you're all in on him, which it sounds like you are. All in. What if he's gone at 11 or something? Do you just take the next best receiver or right. are you moving to tackle or whatever it may be? Right, because if you if you are depending on getting Jackson Smith and Jake Bunn, he's not there, then I like Jordan Addison, but I don't like it. I don't think he's as much of a sure thing. Um, I don't. I, you're, a, you're a Quentin Johnston guy, right? I just like the idea of a big body AJ right. Brown type 
who seems more like like there's less of a learning curve when it's like all right you're going to be in man cover you're going to go against man coverage right. you're going to want to body him out and catch a slant and give us 30 yards on the yak so i like that i'm not saying i i've grinded much tape on him either i just like right. that idea and he seems like that that potential and I don't know. Those guys work out half the time. Maybe you'd be yeah. on the right side this time after the Nikhil Harry fiasco. Law of averages. Zay Flowers is another one. Steve Smith is like obsessed with Zay Flowers. Um, I think Zay Flowers is good. I'm just, once again, just not as enamored in any of those other guys as I am in Jackson Smith and Jigba. I also think that the wide receiver class in general is pretty not great. So if you're going to take one, like you might as well take one pretty high. What impresses me most about Flowers, I might have said it before, to have that production at Boston College yeah. is incredible. Right. So I'd love to see him in a functional offense uh, with a quarterback who's not Phil Jerkovich, uh and whoever else played quarterback. Like, I don't know. Can you name in your lifetime a BC receiver who's been mentioned in any conversation at all? Any conversation. I really can't like other there was like a wide receiver who was like best friends with doug flutie in 1984 like, 1985 like phelan who caught the yeah the Mary. i think it was phelan okay. yeah so like so we but, weren't alive right so not your lifetime not my lifetime yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah my lifetime <laughs> that was the key part I, I so i mentioned this before i've gotten 10 hours of sleep since sunday morning so if i don't make any sense yeah even more so than usual i'm gonna use that as my excuse yeah, uh, Phelan's Hail Mary catch went to college 2002 to 06. Yeah. So slightly off there. That's my sister's uh, college years. Yeah, that's Not mine. weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, they've had running backs. They've had offensive linemen. They've had one quarterback worth a damn. Mm -hmm. Two, if you count the Hasselbecks, so three quarterbacks that have made the NFL. You don't really hear about – it's not really no. a receiver. So, so to be there, to stay there, to continue to produce when he was literally the focal point of defenses, I I like the production, like whatever the measurables might be. Yeah. Um, he's also really um, jacked. Remember, we were both 5'9", yes. 180. Um, we're a twins, uh, identical twins. So, so uh, he has a lot of muscle, I've learned, in the past couple of days too. So I, I don't – maybe yeah. I don't like him at 14, but maybe if you trade down in the 20s – not a bad, not a bad one. Yeah, as a fellow, like as you being a fellow 5'9", 180 guy, you know how much muscle that requires to be that height and that weight. Yes, um, exactly. Whereas another player that I like in this draft, Emmanuel Forbes, who is 6'1", 166, I am six foot 197. It would feel weird for the Patriots to take a guy who's taller than me and like 30 pounds lighter than me but i also really like the idea of emmanuel forbes is he a holder <laughs> he is a cornerback um no but he, in football yes went to mississippi state played in the sec fun fact about mr emmanuel forbes i think you'll find this fun let me know college football record holder and what pick sixes he's got six he had six pick sixes in his college career in three seasons. He had 14 interceptions, which is a lot of interceptions. Let up 14 touchdowns. Patriots last year showed a willingness to draft a skinny cornerback in Jack Jones. 
Too. Manuel Forbes is probably going to come off the board in the first or second round. He might still be there at 46. Too. I don't know if you would want two skinny cornerbacks, though. So, Wasn't Marcus Jones? I mean, he looks light. He's very Well, small. yeah. He's like he's just so short that like he would be light. I think, I think like Jack Jones and Marcus Jones weigh the same, but Marcus Jones is like three inches shorter. Okay. So, All right. Um, I don't know. Like, but maybe that's just something that the Patriots have determined that the NFL values too highly or something is weight on cornerbacks. Yeah. I, I think that I'm all about value in the draft. I'm all about taking chances. Um, Manuel Forbes has been compared to Sauce Gardner. I would say he's like a poor man's gaunt Sauce Gardner. Um, <laughs> what an awful like tagline for this man that you just gave him. He's a like poor man's gaunt Sauce Gardner. Like there's Sauce Gardner, and then he's like he's like yogurt dill dressing Forbes. Mm. Not What's not the, as calorie high. This is a player you like, and this is what you're saying about him. So yeah, but anytime you get to say the word Sauce Gardner, like Sauce Gardner's yeah. good. I don't know, um, but I yeah I don't know. Like, do you think I, I I don't think you'd want necessarily like three cornerbacks patrolling the field at 170 pounds. I would also say. I like Emmanuel Forbes, but okay. I think we all know that NFL or college players, prospects, that's the word, when they go to the NFL scouting combine, when they weigh in, if they believe they are going to be underweight, they probably drink about a gallon of water. Um, they probably have like a lot of carbs, whatever. So I think you almost have to take into account that his weight might have been inflated mm. by water. So like he might only be 159 pounds. Yeah. Um, it's tough. I was 159 pounds in 2002. Um, it's been a, it was a long time ago. But yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, I don't particularly care how much they weigh if they can play. Right. But you said 166. That's That seems like an injury waiting to happen. 6'1", six, six 166. Yeah, that's that's like punter material. That's that's frightening to think of Derrick Henry getting to the turn the corner and the only thing standing in his way is a hundred sixty six pound cornerback. So um I don't know, you're right. The the fact that they went light last year, and I know you dismissed uh that Marcus Jones is not slight like Jack Jones. Well he's slight, he's just not maybe as skinny. Yeah. Yeah. But I could see that maybe you want some size there, but I don't know. If you can make the play on the ball, maybe that outweighs your tackling or how easily you can shut a block. I, I don't know. It, it depends on the player. I guess yeah. it's, it's going to be put, here, put it this way. Bill wouldn't ever be like, oh, he's this weight. Well, actually, he would. I take that back. I don't think in this case, Bill would say, he's this weight. We're not going to take him. Right. I would say he's going to watch him. And if he can do X, Y, and Z, yeah. then he's going to be on the board. Mike, this is a sensitive topic, but mm -hmm. are you aware that there is a white cornerback in the 2023 NFL draft. It's been a long time. When did Jason Seahorn leave the league? I think that, I think I saw a stat that there hasn't been a starting white cornerback since 2002 or 2003. I would throw in there though, Edelman. Julian Edelman was a slot cornerback in 2011. Um, so covered that's kind of where I start the, the date here. Did he cover Bolden in the AFC championship game? I, I th maybe. I yeah. Think, I think it was Bolden. He played well, and then they yeah, should have done it. In the, they should have done it in the Super Bowl, to be honest with you, because yep. they put Sterling Moore back in, yep. right? Yep. Did I have that right? There was the, oh Antoine Molden. Oh yeah. That was, oof. 
They should have. They should have kept Edelman there. They might have won a Super Bowl. I agree. Uh, Riley Moss. He went to good name. Maybe the most predictable school that you could possibly imagine having a white cornerback. I'm going to have you guess. Where did Duke. you go to school? That's a great guess. When I was saying the words, the most predictable school, even Duke popped into my head. But he went to Iowa. Okay. Yep. All right. Duke so, would have been. Duke would have been pretty funny. It would have been pretty funny. Um, so <laughs> I think, like, based purely on the fact that he's a white cornerback, there are people who are like, oh, he's going to uh, transition to safety in the NFL. And it's like, well, I think he ran like a 4-4-5. Like, I don't, I don't think that's... I'm it not is sure an what... interesting thing. Like... Uh-oh. Like, it's just... Uh-oh. There Did I go. die? It, almost. You're good. I was making a bad point anyway. We're just going to scrap it. We're just going to scrap Mike's... You know what? That was the universe stepping in and be like, nobody needs to hear your white cornerback take, Mike. So... Actually, we made an edit. Uh, Mike went on a rant about how much he hates <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda songs, but we cut it out. No one needs to attack him about this. It's fine. We're good. We should address too, in case it hasn't been evident that I don't have my microphone or a computer. So, a, I don't have all the factual, statistical, uh, blazing analysis that I normally have. But That's what true. I do have is my rapt attention in the past podcast. There's no searching or anything like that so what i lack in audio fidelity i hope i make up for in just really being in it being in this past chat it's i think it's going fantastic it's it's amazing that the person who probably got about 24 hours of sleep over the last three days maybe 20 hours of sleep you went to a concert no 19 i went to a concert last night i got home at one i got home at 12 i went to sleep at one and i was up at six so Looks like oh. we're on the same boat. I, I just noticed here, I wish I could flip my camera. I'm wearing non-matching socks. So it's we're getting through it. Do not make me talk about matching socks because um, my wife had to go to work early this morning. So I was in charge of, whoa, there we go. I was in charge of like getting the girls clothes and like socks and ready. And I've had to do this two days in a row now. Finding two matching socks for a child is, it's like almost impossible. There are very difficult things in life that are mm-hmm. easier than maintaining two matching socks for a five year old. Also, if you ever do your kids' laundry and you start folding, there are 800,000 socks in there because they're so small. Yes. And it's just, they never end. You never stop folding socks no. when you're doing no. your kids' laundry. So, yeah. If, I if really you have, managed to derail it. Yeah. Well, if you have kids, just go like, you know how Tom Brady said that like his dream once he became rich was to be able to wear a pair of socks and then immediately throw them out after his only wear. Have you ever heard this? No, that's weird. I think he said guy. that like well before he was famous when he was in college or something like that. Like that, that's what, that's what to do when you have kids. Save money elsewhere. Don't get the coffee every week. Just buy a, a new pack of socks every mm-hmm. week. Tell Amazon every single week, bring me seven new pairs of child socks, and I'm never going to have to worry about this ever again. I like it. I like it. That was some good sock talk. This is the Pat's Chat Sock Podcast. <coughs> yeah, it's not Pat's Chat. It's Sock Talk. Uh, all right. So I want to talk about 
Oh, we, we never even got to Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones wasn't tagged with a franchise tag, which no one thought was ever going to happen because it would have cost $18 million. Yeah. But I think that the more newsy part of that was that I think Ian Rapport threw in that Jonathan Jones is going to hit free agency, which implies that they're not going to agree to an extension before free agency. I don't know. The Patriots like kind of need Jonathan Jones back because if they don't bring him back, then you've got Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, and Jalen Mills. At the same time, Marcus Jones could play in the slot. Jack Jones could play outside. Jalen Mills could play outside. And I think ideally, even if you bring back Jack Jones, you want a good number one cornerback in this defense. So I think you'd like to bring Jonathan Jones back. It's probably not a deal game breaker if he's if he leaves. Yeah. Well, first, I want to say I have some exclusive reporting. Um, and I know that we're after the deadline, but I had this before that. The Patriots will not be using the franchise tag on Isaiah Wynn. They will not be using the franchise tag on Nelson Aguilar, and they will not be using it on Jabril Preppers. So wow. feel free to aggregate that. That's huge. Um, yes. I just – Jonathan Jones's big value last – like biggest value was playing the slot, and then that's what we thought, and then they didn't use him in the slot. Right. So I don't know. As an outside corner, he's fine. Yeah. And then when you go up against Jamar Chase or Stephon Diggs, right. he's not really in the picture. And – how many cornerbacks are in the picture? I don't know, but how many guys are you going to spend double-digit millions on to not be at that level? I, I, I don't. Right. I'm sure someone will pay him, but it seems like the classic Patriots trajectory of undrafted uh, develops a role, yeah. becomes an important piece, and now if it's leadership that they need, if like Sam McCourty's gone, then that adds to his value here. Yeah. But if a team out there is like, man, we just need a number two corner or a slot corner, then he probably fits their value better than he would with New England. I don't think he makes sense as a, what's he going to make? $10 million? I don't know. That It's a really good question because he's now on his third contract. He's, right. he's been around Six for a while. Six years in, right? He's only 29 years old. He was in that 2016 rookie class. Yes. They included Ted Karras, Zach Cox, Nora Princiati. All joined the Patriots in 2016 and got to go to three Super Bowls in a row. Just wow. bing, bang, boom. What a year. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I don't know how much he's going to cost. I, I almost don't think he's going to cost that much. And if he doesn't cost that much, then yeah, you bring him back. But if he is going to be like a $10 million a guy, $10 million a year guy, then I think you just kind of let him go to the Raiders or the Vikings or whoever might value him a little bit more and hope he get and like, it's good for him if he gets paid. Yeah, I'm just, I can't believe he's not getting the franchise tag. That was, was that just like NFL Network was like, we've got nothing right now. We need 10 minutes because I was shocked. Rappaport tweeted out a video, like they did a segment on it. Really? Short, but it was like, this got video, this got discussion treatment on NFL Network on like the biggest day of the off season so far. These last two days have been like, not today. Monday and Tuesday were like wild. Yeah, yeah. Which we should... We should get to some of it, I'm sure, because I think the Jets and Rodgers is super interesting. Um, yeah. I was looking at that. First of all, in Sauce Gardner, number four overall pick. The mm-hmm. top five picks were all defensive players, and four cornerbacks were taken in the first round. Um, he's good. I just wanted to yeah. say that. Uh, he was the best, best of them all. Uh, rookie of the year, you might have heard it. But I was looking at that, and so, like, Rodgers going to there. I just switched topics, by the way. I hope you don't mind. Um, yeah. They had the number four defense. 
very good defense. I've said this before on the podcast too. They scored 17 or fewer points suggested 10 times and they went one and nine in those games. So you have a team that went seven and 10 going one and nine when they scored 17 or fewer points. How many games was going with Aaron Rodgers? Like 12 easy. No, I I think that's an easy 12. Yeah. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been, has met with the jets. Uh, They're now the favorites to trade for him it previously mm-hmm. was the raiders now it's the jets and the packers seem ready to do that to move to trade him <laughs> yeah like, i feel like every one of those like this is what we heard at the combine reports <laughs> this week have been like the packers actively despise aaron Rodgers. yeah and hope that he never returns to to green bay wisconsin ever again um obviously it wasn't yeah, that harsh much. but th- yeah that was kind of the the feeling there so, yeah, I think that they're right of roll with Jordan Love. I think that if you're Aaron Rodgers, it probably makes more sense to go to the Jets than the Raiders. I think the Jets are closer uh, to being ready. Raiders have maybe slightly better playmakers. Maybe not even slightly, like better playmakers. Well, I, I do want to say, too, uh, I talked about Sauce Garden. Garrett Wilson winning Rookie of the Year. I talked about Zay Flowers producing right. at BC. Garrett Wilson winning rookie of the year as quarterbacks for Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco is incredible. Like there should be a documentary on that. Right. Um, And he might not have been their best offensive rookie. I think Brees Hall might have had the argument that he was better before he got hurt. So I think there's appeal there for Rogers stake sake. I don't know that the New York market fits for him, but for one year, I think the jets would be a real problem. And you're talking about, a division where the Patriots barely finished ahead of the Jets thanks to a roughing the passer call and a punt return. Uh, they could have easily swapped places. And now with that, that's tough. That, that's that's tough uh, to, to look at from the Patriots, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that that would be tough. That just adds another very competitive team into the division. And the Patriots don't, we've mentioned this before, don't really have a super obvious path to being competitive this season. And I think this also ties into another topic we wanted to talk about, and that's that there was a report from ESPN's Dan Graziano that there was chatter at the Combine that the Raiders could be interested in trading for Mac Jones, that Josh McDaniels would want to reunite with Mac Jones. And it was, like, pretty interesting that I put on my reporting hat, reporter hat, mm-hmm. reached out to a couple people that would, that would know about this. And one person said, like, yeah, it's true. And... I don't like without giving the exact quote basically was saying that like Josh McDaniels likes Mac Jones more than Bill Belichick. And then I reached out to another person about it and they were basically just like, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that gets talked about at this time of year. Nothing usually comes of it, Um, which all of that implies that this is true. Like this, that this is potentially already been a conversation. It's not going to be one in the future. Um, but also that it would probably only make sense for the Patriots if there is a direct path to getting a surefire better quarterback than Mac Jones on the team. And this person said that that just it's difficult. It seems unlikely that that would occur. But you talk about Bill not liking Mac. I think just today I was thinking about that. Mac has shown he's capable of playing quarterback in this league. Like what an ice cold line by Bill whenever that was, the end-of-season press conference, right. just saying he's shown he can play in this league. It's still kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Um, 
But in terms of quarterbacks, Bill does like. There is a guy that's out there. Um, he's basically handsome Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo. I used to say handsome Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Jimmy that's Garoppolo. Yeah. So he's Uh-oh. Seems as though we might have lost Michael Hurley. Might have to do some editing on this podcast. Oh, uh, here we go. I ruined the podcast. All right, continue to your take on handsome, handsome uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I just, I, I think Bill was disappointed that he had to draft Mac Jones that night because he was grumpy at draft night, and I felt like the deal was if he's there, you take him; if not, you get Garoppolo. So I yeah. could see that happening. I'm not predicting it, but if Bill doesn't like him and could right. get a return on him. And honestly, you could get better play from Garoppolo next year than Mac. There's it's a higher floor. Yeah. It's going to cost you four times as much money, and it's That's a shorter a term. Yeah. And he's going to get hurt. So yeah. outside of that, it's a great signing. But no, I, I could see that, and that would be seismic, like a seismic offseason change because you – Yes. We joke all the time how last year, week one, they were like, Mac Jones will be the quarterback for a decade. And everyone was right. like, he will? Um, right emergency outside maybe that was a problem um i don't know I, I i don't think it would be the wisest move i don't think garoppolo elevates you to where you need to be but if it's a matter of getting mac out i could i could see that i i mean with garoppolo like the cost of mac jones versus jimmy garoppolo on an apy basis is just it's so much higher that like, I do think that Jimmy Garoppolo would probably like. There's a better guarantee that he will play well next season than Mac Jones. Yes, but I I can't justify the cost of being like, all right, but we're going to pay him twenty five, thirty million dollars a year, whatever it's going to wind up being for Jimmy Garoppolo to be a starter. I don't know. I mean, it goes back to them meeting with Anthony Richardson too um, at the combine. In of like, I don't think the Raiders would give up the number seven overall pick for Mac Jones. That'd be kind of insane. But if they give up something a little bit less than that, then maybe you could move up for a quarterback. I don't know. It's tough. Like, if you're Josh McDaniels and your first year was crap. Yeah. And you want to put, like, you're putting all your eggs in some basket. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Tom Brady. No. I don't know if it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. You can put all your eggs in Mac Jones' basket. Like, that's... That's uh, quite the. I mean, what if they're two and six next year? Josh right. is probably gone. And it's possible, yeah. Yeah, the only benefit would be they don't owe Mac Jones a ton of money. But if you trade for a guy, usually you sign him. Right. So, I don't know. That seems. It seems unlikely unless the Patriots were dead set on getting rid of him, which I don't think they would be. No, I don't think I, and I don't think that that's the situation. I don't think that it's like yeah, we need to get rid of this guy who's interested. I think it's Josh McDaniels being like, all right, well, what are our options at quarterback? It's Aaron Rodgers. It's a draft pick. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. And mm, Mac Jones had a weird year last year. wonder how Bill's feeling about him recently. He had kind of a weird quote about him last year too. Let's, uh, let's look into this. So I, that's kind of what I think it is. I don't think it happens. That's kind of been what I've said. Um, but I think it's worth talking about. And I've mentioned it before, and I don't know. Like, if you could, even extracting Jimmy Garoppolo from the conversation, if you could get a first-round pick or the equivalent of a first-round pick 
for Mac Jones, like that's probably worth the downgrade of Mac Jones to Bailey Zappi even, right? Like, mm-hmm. would you rather have Bailey Zappi in a first round pick or would you rather have Mac Jones? No, I mean, A, the most important position, I believe this is very hot takey, is quarterback. So to just ship a potentially capable one out the door, I would probably vote against. That's fair. Um, I don't think Mac sucks. No. Mac doesn't excite me. I'm on the record as saying, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. And right. I, I feel like that's these guys after two years to make these broad decisions, which you kind of have to do if you're the team. I know it's the safer play to keep them and see what you got this year and then make a decision next year. But I don't think you lose that much by keeping him for another year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If he doesn't, you know, have a better season, if he just repeats his rookie year, I don't think you're at a loss next off season uh, than you would be if you lost him, have the Western Kentucky quarterback play for right. you all year. Um I think you probably hurt your franchise more by doing that. Yeah, I think ultimately my take on Mac is that if he was going to be special, we probably would have seen it already. And I don't mm. think that we've seen it. Mm. I, I don't think so. Because this rookie year, and again, we weren't like, oh my God, yeah. this is incredible. But statistically was as good as a rookie could ever be, pretty mm. much. Who was better, Dak? Um you know, there were some guys, Robert Griffin the third, all right. that, but yeah. um, which RG three doesn't really help anyone's case. But the point is, mm-hmm. he was as good as could have been reasonably right. expected. And last year, I'm throwing in the garbage. Like I just, I guess, yeah. So it's still, I don't know. I'd say he has the chance. To, I don't know what you mean by special exactly. We know he's not Josh Allen, Mahomes, right? Uh, top three, four, five quarterback in the league. But if you can be, I think he could still be the tenth. Fifth, sixth to tenth best quarterback, which is good enough to be a, a Matthew Stafford Super Bowl winner type. I'm not ruling that out. I don't think he will. I think he's more middle of the pack. Right. But that's a that's a thin margin. We'll see. It I, is. I no, it's true. I don't know. Yeah. But while we're on it, I don't want to move directions too much. because No, I was going to do this anyway, I think. Yeah, I just feel like Daniel Jones has taught us all a lot about the quarterback market. And... He's making $41 million for the next two years, each each of the next two years, which is just stupid. Like the quarterback, we talked about the receiver free agent market. The quarterback market in the NFL is broken. Like I think I, yes. I'm, all, I'm all for guys getting their money. And I love owners giving their money to players because right. I like players, not owners. So I'm not advocating for them not making their money. But when you have to pay... I would say a sub-mediocre quarterback, yeah. $41 million a year. The system is broken. As broken as it was when Sam Bradford was getting $72 million contracts as a rookie, right. and then they fixed that. Like There might need to be a quarterback wage scale because Daniel Jones just got $41 million a year guaranteed for the next two years. Yeah. Uh, I have to sneeze right now, so I don't know Do how it. much. Keep... You mute because <laughs> I will say. No, I, I lost the sneeze. I, I think I lost it. Um, I was going to ask. My plan was to come and say, do you think that one day Mac will be able to keep up with the Joneses? But that was going to pivot into uh, an actual point. And it's insane. Like $40 million for Daniel Jones, is it's like mind-blowing. Like Patrick Mahomes is making $45 million a year. Yeah. And like Aaron Rodgers, like 
the other guys are making $50 million a year. Daniel Jones is not 80% of the best quarterback in the NFL. And like, and he's also not, I'm bad with percentages, 35% better than Geno Smith or whatever, like the difference there is. Yeah. And I, I just can't really believe that the Giants did this. I don't think it's that risky of a deal, but it's also just like, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't, they weren't in position to pay him that much more. But I also think that like, maybe you let him test the market even. Exactly. Exactly. The only risk there is, well, first of all, no one was giving him that contract. Right. No, zero teams were giving him 82 million guaranteed on a potential 195 million dollars. Zero teams were going to yeah. do that. This wasn't like Kyler Murray, who obviously was still a year out. This was, at worst, in a fantasy land, some other team would offer Daniel Jones this, and the Giants could have matched it. I don't right. know what they're thinking doing it, uh, as if. But th- the risk would be he likes an offer somewhere else and leaves, right. and then it's next week. You're two days into free agency and you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, and you get but, Andy Dalton, right? But is that bad? Like, is that I know. so bad? I mean, I, is it really that big of a downgrade? Like, yeah, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has 60 passing touchdowns in four years. <laughs> Tom Brady had 50 one year. Uh, Peyton Manning threw what 55? Yeah. Mahomes throws 40 with his eyes closed. This man has 60 passing touchdowns and 12 rushing touchdowns. 72 touchdowns in four years gets you 82 million guaranteed. And, like, good for him. He endured two years of Joe Judge. He endured a coaching change after year one. He endured another one in year four. He was fun to watch this year. He was awesome. He was inspiring. The the team rallied around him. Yeah, Giants outplayed their expectations, yeah. But, geez, that money. And it's like he has good rushing numbers. He had, what, 700 rushing yards last year. Yeah. But he is not Jalen Hurts, and he's not Josh Allen, and he's not uh, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. He's just a guy who's like, I don't know, I'll run, and he's fast as hell. So it's not as if he is like a dual threat. He is just not a great passer. (laughs) Right. I just I can't imagine paying that much money for that position. But to bring it to Pat's chat, what if Mac Jones goes out and throws 30 touchdowns this year and he guarantees that that 50 year option, whatever it may be. I can't do the calculations because there's pro bowls and all pros and all that stuff that factor in. I don't know. What is the 50 year option usually for a quarterback? Uh, it's going to be a lot. I think more it's going to be like, it's going to be like 30 something million. Think be that high. Yeah, I think so. It, it's like the average of quarterbacks three through 20 or something. So right. it'll be high. Well, it would have been 22 for Jones this Daniel Jones this year yeah. if they had picked it up. But so it'll in a couple of years it'll be whatever, twenty seven million, thirty million. He'll get that if he has one good year. So right. I think it's he is motivated competitively to have a good mm-hmm. season, but financially, there's a lot of dollars to be made this season. But but to counter counterpoint myself, actually not, because Daniel Jones third year sucked and he just made eighty eighty two million guaranteed. You know, I think it was was it like Bucky Brooks or Lewis Reddick, one of those guys, uh, I think had a take a few years back that a team should just keep drafting quarterbacks. Like, never allow yourself to get to the point where you're paying a veteran quarterback. Where So, like, every single year, every three years, you draft another quarterback in the first round and just keep, like, repeating that process. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but with the Anthony Richardson, that's his name, right? Anthony Richardson? Uh yeah, you got me questioning things now, Doug. I whenever I say 
or type Anthony Richardson. I'm like, is that, it just doesn't process in my brain correctly that that is what that individual's name is. Cause he's like such an exciting player and exciting like human being. And Anthony Richardson is such a boring name. And it also yeah. sounds like it's like a six, eight small forward from 2002 that went Definitely. to Kentucky. Went to the Knicks. Yeah. Um, Four years, didn't really pan out. But the I report that's, the that's Patriots... A, well, that's a good thought process as long as you don't have like a Mahomes or an Allen. Well, no, so that's the thing. I think that the thought process is you keep doing that until you hit on the guy. And I think that... But it depends on... I think it's like how many years do you give the guy, the current guy, to prove that he could be Mahomes before the, you then draft another guy. And it has to be two or three. And if it's three, it's a little bit of a risk because then the guy, the current guy only has one more year left on his rookie deal. You have to decide on the fifth year option. And then you have to ensure that you're going to be able to get that guy. And for like the Patriots right now, in an ideal world, they're not picking 14th overall next season. They're not in as good of a position to move up for one of those quarterbacks. So like, I don't might be their hope, Doug reality might say otherwise yeah right but you don't plan on that you don't No, and you don't plan on i don't know i like if if any team in any position right now would make sense to be like we're going to draft a quarterback and one of these two guys is going to work out and we we are not positive that it's the current guy and the guy we're going to draft has much higher upside i think it would be the patriots right now with mac jones but that's also it's harming your ability to compete by using a first round pick on a player who's not going to play versus a player who could contribute, but it's also the most important position on the field. Yeah. You've come across a lot of things in your life. I wonder if you've ever found something along these lines, like hit rate on first round quarterbacks in like top 14 versus back half of the first round versus second and third round versus late rounds. I mean, late rounds, one in a million. I like have, right. Your Kirk Cousins is, your Jimmy Garoppolo's, your uh, Dak Prescott are hits. They're right? very rare. Very like okay. So to answer your question just really quick, I think it's basically just like 50% in the first round, like 25% in the second round, and then like minuscule from that point on where you can have your big hits. And like, I do think there's a split between top 15 picks, bottom 15 yeah. picks in the first round. But, I round. mean, even in, in Mac Jones's year, I mean, there was five guys, right. uh, burgers and fries, and we know Zach Wilson, no no bueno. I think Trey Lance, no bueno. Uh, Justin Fields had a great renaissance last year. Renaissance? I don't know that. Uh, you, know, he, you know, he... No, it was a, uh, it was a pun. Twitter's, he was I said, tr- I said, run Assants. There you go. That's why we work well together. Um, and Mac Jones, jury's out. I mean, Trevor Lawrence seems like a surefire hit. Yeah. So I just look, even that, it's, so it's like you look at, all right, do you draft the guy in the first round? Probably not because there's no guarantee. And we could list the, the Jake Lockers of the world and say. Always go after Jake Locker. Jake Locker, man. This is a, this is a Jake Locker podcast. I loved Uh-oh. Jake Locker. Broke the, well, I loved that man. You, you and the Tennessee Titans both, buddy. 
I think I think I like Jake Lager more than the Tennessee Titans. Look at this, by the way. I got a, I got a Blink One Eighty Two. Nice. Rabbit stuffed animal that was at my mom's house. Probably got in like nineteen ninety eight. Um, I think it's worth a decent amount of money. I should sell that on eBay. If there's any. You, there's any better. Are you stressed because they canceled the South American leg of their tour? Travis needed finger surgery. I kind of like. I haven't seen them since. 2003 probably so I, I am excited to go to this show but i'm kind of like i wouldn't mind getting my payment my, my money back i'm like i either way i'm happy well we we're going to blink either the day before or day after or something like that taylor swift also yeah big money weekend yeah it's a big money weekend but it's also just like ugh, like going into td garden like gillette's a lot easier obviously for me probably maybe not for you going to gillette if I never went to Gillette again, I'd be happy. Um, well, Gillette, Gillette City is, is 20 minutes away from my house. So, okay. Yeah. TD Garden is 20 minutes away from my house. Gillette yeah. Stadium, not so much. But this is, you know, I'd love, I, I'm hoping to see Blink 182. I think a finger can heal in a month. I think so. I, I think we'll, I think, I think you'll be fine. It's crazy too. Cause Travis has played, he's getting old because he's played like his fingers used to bleed every night. Cause mm. he would play so hard. He's gone on tour with a cast on his foot. Yeah. Um, it seems like he's he, always hurt. Yeah. He did, he's, he's like a cartoon character. That's just always, didn't he play one year with one arm, one arm, I think plus 44. Uh, I think I saw that. I think he did a tour with one. At least he did like Jimmy Kimmel or something with one. Yeah. Arm. It was like, Dude, you need a rest. Like, right? Yeah, but he injury, had a, a injury-prone drummer. It, like, he, it's rare to see. He had a cast on his kick foot, on his right leg, on it, like, and he was hitting his bass drum. Like, that's not good for the bones. That's trying to heal. I mean, ultimately, Doug. I mean, he survived the plane crash too with burns. I, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So he does get hurt a lot. <laughs> you're you're a drummer. When the kick drum, you have to you have your heel up to do that, right? Yeah. Doing like a double bass, I do not understand how people do like the rapid fire double bass. It's just insane to me. You just got to keep your composure, really. You just got to keep it keep it calm. Just you can't like you can't like really like. Oh, I had the camera the wrong way, but you get the idea. It's um. Yeah. I don't know. Drums are easy. Anyone can play. The the only roadblock to people playing drums is having a drum set mm. just yeah. get someone a drum set and drumsticks and they'll learn the drums it's not really that there's hard. a drum set in my basement and i should probably play it more often Maybe yes anyone can do it um i feel like we had other th things to talk about uh you had i had oh one other thing daniel jeremiah on the nfl scouting combine said that he thought that texas running back b john robinson would be a, a great fit for the Patriots at 14th overall, a great like present for Bill O'Brien. He would work with Mac Jones, all this stuff. Like they have Ramondre Stevenson. I know that Bijan Robinson is probably going to be better than Ramondre Stevenson, but they have a three down back already. Yeah. Historically, they like Ramondre Stevenson was a complete and utter unicorn last season in the Patriots offense. No running back ever under Bill Belichick with the Patriots has caught as many passes and ran the ball like like in both ways as much as Ramondre Stevenson. And it like was not even close. It's like Ramondre Stevenson and then Dion Lewis when he had like a hundred carries or something like that. Yeah. So you're gonna like zap the value of Ramondre Stevenson 
to bring in Bijan Robinson, Plus, and, and then they're going to share the role. Like that doesn't yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I think, and we've talked about. I think we talked about Damian Harris's value plummeting right. last year. Like you can probably sign him for yeah a low amount, and he's a damn fine running back. And then you're probably right. and if I'm going to spend the 14th pick on a non-premium position, it's going to be tight end before it's running back. Right. Because when have you ever been like, man, the Patriots could really use another running back? It's, <laughs> They're it's, so good at finding running backs. Yeah, and they got they drafted two last year. Right. Uh, they could take another guy later. I don't, and it's not even like you said, the player's probably great. But if you're not the best running back in the world, I'm not spending a first-round pick on you ever. And right. even then, I probably won't. I, I would also say, I think Daniel Jeremiah does a great job. Every year, and like, this is how you make money on the internet. So I understand it. But every year, it's like, oh, this is who Daniel Jeremiah's final mock draft pick for the Patriots has been. Or it's Mel Kuypers. But I'll use Daniel Jeremiah because he's the one who said B. John Robinson. I genuinely do not think that Daniel Jeremiah has ever hit on a Patriots draft pick. So, like, I think he's very knowledgeable about what he does. I think he's get tied in very well with the league. It seems as though he's not specifically tied in well with the Patriots. Fair so enough. we could probably slow down those headlines yeah. a little bit. I don't want to pat myself on the back. I've got a significantly better hit rate on predicting Patriots draft picks than Mr. Daniel yeah. Jeremiah. Um, I want to pat myself. I didn't pick Cole Strange last year, to be honest nope. with you, but... The Patriots traded down um, yeah. with a team that had like 27 and 28. Who did they trade with? Was I don't have my Titans? Mm, I don't oh. think so. Yeah. Um, but Packers either way, yeah. if I had my computer, I'd have the answer. But oh, I have a computer. I said, going into the draft, I was like, they're at 20. That team's at 27, 28. They're going to take one of those and then like a third. And they did it. So I got the trade right, not the yeah. player. Not the there player. we go. Who'd they trade with? Uh, good lord, from San Francisco via Miami and Kansas City. Oh, so, Kansas City, wasn't it? Yes, because they drafted uh, Trent McDuffie out of DBU, the University of Washington. See? Um, yeah, I mean, no one had Cole Strange, but the I Rams think... did on their day three board, and they laughed about it. I want a quick point, Doug. And then they were bad. Like, Everyone was like, oh, the Rams, yeah, F them picks. Oh, it looks like you can win multiple ways. The Rams might be the saddest organization in the league right now. They're just like, just cutting players at, yeah. at cut rates. They're trying to get rid of everyone. The coach Their head coach doesn't want to be there. Yeah, yeah, the quarterback can't throw anymore. It's just right. like, man, the cost of winning, and maybe it was worth it, but that organization's going to suck for Their quarterback a had a spinal contusion. Those are tough. Those are tough. You don't want those. As a spinal contusion survivor. <laughs> you just, you want your contusions elsewhere. Like if yeah. you can get a contusion on the arm or the leg, that's yeah. primo compared to the spine. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know. I think that you, I mean, you probably have somewhere to be right now. You're Yes, you do too. And so does everyone listening. So I do. I have, uh... <coughs> I didn't mute myself. Sorry guys. Now that it's the end I'm of the podcast. Yeah. And I can't distract anyone. I've been unable to center myself in this handheld. Like It's like mirror. And I keep trying to... I, I move the phone right and I move my head left. 
that that's something that I struggle with more than I think anyone would like to admit. Am I yeah. crooked right now? I feel like I'm falling. A little over. bit. You need to go that way. Like, well, you have to go this way, but I was trying to help you. Uh, it's it's impossible. It's it's like double mirror action, so I can't do it. So I apologize to anyone if they were watching. I really beefed it. It's all right. Um, all right. Well, I yeah. think that will do it for this week's edition of the Pat's Chat Podcast. I think we did a great job. And if you think that we did a great job, you should rate, subscribe, review, do all of that fun stuff. Um, and, yeah, and we will be back with you guys again soon enough. Well, free agency is next week. So yeah, it is. We yeah, got it is. we got some some stuff to get to next week. We'll talk about some tampering. Well, the next time you hear us talk, we'll be talking about tampering. It's gonna be tampering talk. Patch chat tampering talk. Yep. All right. Bye, everyone. Yeah.